0: I am Grant Guston. I am Elizabeth Noy. And you're listening. You're listening to the Flash Podcast.
1: To Supergirl Radio.
2: Welcome to a special live show of the Flashbug and Supergirl Radio, <laughs> and for those listening at this later at home, there were totally no problems at all, like this went fine, and didn't F up anything, um, and what he just said was a complete lie, so I want to be your host, Andy B, as always, and this is a special crossover podcast with Supergirl Radio, as we're here to discuss the epic Supergirl slash Flash musical crossover, also known as Superflash. From Supergirl Radio, we got Rebecca Johnson, Carly Lane, and Morgan Glenn, doing the tonight.
3: Hey, doing really well.
4: Not bad, not bad. Still
1: good.
2: <laughs> All, right. All right. Cool. And from the the flash play we got Amy Marie, Andrew Dyes, and Brittany Revere. How are you guys doing tonight?
5: Super flash tastic.
2: Are Andrew and Oh my God, Andrew, Andrew and uh, Amy are not even in the Skype call, so I'm I'm going to add them to the call. Uh, but while we add them <laughs> in, uh, we have a special guest with us tonight. We got uh, he's one of our newest members from a few months ago. He um he's created an amazing product for the network uh, called DCB Classic, and he is also the founder of Nerds of Color. And he's Mr. Keith Chow. So Keith, welcome to the Flash and Supergirl Radio. What did I miss? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> A- A- At the best, Andy's co- consistent battle with technology, and there we go. We also have Amy and and Andrew. So, how are you guys doing tonight?
6: Great. I-, I am the happiest I think I've been in weeks after this episode. I can't wait to talk about it.
2: Well, we li- that's what we like to hear. So let's uh, you know, with-, with introduction all said and done, let's let's get into epic musical crossover that just finished up on the west coast so now hopefully we have listeners from east and west and uh, but if you haven't seen this episode they're gonna be full on spoilers and um, this is the only spoiler i giving so get ready so we open up this episode with a little follow from last night's episode of supergirl with music meister Whamming is that what they called it? Like whamming, Kara to into into this musical movie, and then the, so that therefore Team Superboy decides to go to Earth One to ask for some assistance. So so let's talk about first of all Darren Chris as uh, the music master um, you know, I'm, I'm sure most of us here know him from Glee and maybe from from some of his theater work and whatnot. So so let's start with the with the with the latest on Supergirl Radio. Let's start with Rebecca. Like, what did you think of Darren as? Uh, as, as the music meister,
3: I'm pretty mixed on him. i I thought his performance was great. I mean, he was the right mix of like he was an egotistical guy and he was kind of snotty and I really liked that for a villain. But I had a lot of problems with his motive. It was so bizarre because he says that he just wants to teach them a lesson and that he wants to bring these, you know, two people who have had broken hearts together to teach them about love. And I was like, really, this is your whole motive? Why would you put them in like this coma world so they could possibly die just to teach them about love? And then why did he take all of their superpowers and want to take over Central City? It made no sense to me. So I had some really, you know, big issues with that. And I was disappointed with how the first incarnation of the, like the first live action incarnation of the Music Meister was kind of nothing like the original Music Meister. The only thing they had in common was that they could put people in trances and then everything else was pretty different. He had no origin story he had he was all knowing which was very odd he had none of his cool gadgets that he has on batman brave and the bold and he just it was nothing very similar to his animated counterpart and that was disappointing to me and that's something that the dc tv universe continually does and it, gets, it makes me so frustrated it's like snapper car not snapping it's like if <laughs> you're going to snapwatch 2017 continues it's <laughs> uh, for, for, for me um, we, we should snap in honor of Snapper. Uh, somebody's got to. But I, I kind of feel like if you're going to introduce these characters, have something that, you know, adapt them. Don't just change them completely. So I was very disappointed with actually how they used Music Meister. It sort of worked in the episode for what they were going for. So I'll give them that. But as a, as a fan of the character, I kind of... He has this really cool origin story where like he's been bullied in choir and he can control people and make them sing and dance and he sort of did that in the episode but they could do it voluntarily so uh i don't know i was mixed i thought he uh, put in a great performance for what he was asked to do um but in terms of the characterization i could have i could have had a little more from him
2: morgan what did you think of uh of music meister
1: yeah, I really agree with Rebecca. I I love Darren Chris. I loved him on Glee. I, I mean, it really did feel like uh, we were watching a, a Glee reunion. But yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, so I don't really uh, know much about him from you know the like the comics or from any of the other incarnations of him. But this one, I was like, really, that's that's the motive. It, he just like wanted to teach them like a very special lesson about love. Uh, it it felt like they got to the they were writing the episode they got to the end they're like what's his motive and somebody was like what if he just doesn't have one and the, everybody <laughs> like in the room was just like sounds cool let's go with it
0: <laughs> you guys really uh, didn't
2: like the music meister <laughs> no, i think they loved i think they loved him um, um, i mean I'm, I'm i'm almost willing to bet money on it but uh, carly what did you what did you think of music meister
4: um I liked Darren Criss his performance I thought he he was funny. I mean, I'm also not t- too familiar with the character's comic's origins. I did I did think it was an interesting choice to make him kind of more not really a hero but I did see that word being tossed around by like Berlanti after the show cuz they were saying, "Oh, we decided to make him more of the hero than the villain." Like, and so rather than having Barry and Kara apprehend him and throw him in, you know, whatever prison, you basically have him kind of... They re- write away that whole thing by having him say, oh, I, I can't be contained, and then just kind of, like, darting off into... You know, you just see him kind of, like, leave the room. Um, so in that sense, I, I thought it was... Uh, not not elegantly handled but at the same time it was one of those things where it was like i liked so much of of the other parts of the episode that i didn't really care that much i was like yeah it's fine it's fine for what it was
2: (laughs) Keith, um you know you you who've been someone who's been you know been very vocal about wanting a musical cause for a very very long time (laughs) i mean i mean i mean i think i've seen like you know maybe like a snippet on tumblr of how much you want to see it you know or aka like a Tons of articles, also an awesome episode on Supergirl Radio you, last year. So, so at finally getting to see Music Master in live action with someone like uh, Darren Krebs. What did you think of his uh, of the characters as present?
0: Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. If anyone who's listened to that episode of Supergirl Radio or read any of the things I've written on the Nerds of Color, uh, this has been you know. You said people have been waiting a couple of months. I've been waiting like two years. So yay yeah. for the musical! uh the thing about you know i love and i loved darren chris i loved his performance i was a big fan of his prior to to this you know when he was on glee in fact on you know quick plug for the classics podcast we uh we actually had um nick lang who is one of the co-founders of star kid which darren chris is also one of the co-founders and just offhand Brittany monet one of the uh, co-hosts of dctv classics we were just talking about star kid and she threw out the uh the notion that Darren Chris should play the music meister and uh, Nick had to like keep his poker face on because he knew <laughs> I mean he knew at the time but he couldn't say anything about it. So we kind of we kind of had the the exclusive before they announced Darren Chris even though we had no idea that we had that exclusive. But uh, <laughs> but I do kind of agree with everyone in that like he really wasn't the music meister in the sense that he, and this is for Carly. He was basically Q from Star Trek.
6: Right. He was this that's omniscient. what I was thinking.
0: He's this omniscient being, which is cool, but the only thing that didn't make sense for me was that, you know, how did he even get the name of the music meister? because the with the premise in the in the in the episode was that they were in a musical because Kara and Barry loved musicals. It had nothing to do with him. right. So like if they if it was a space opera, would he be called the Star Wars Meister? Like that was the only thing that didn't quite jive. Um but other than that, I mean, this is I've been waiting two years for this episode, so I will look past any logical narrative flaws just <laughs> to have um, more, you know, Music Meister musical episodes with other singers in the, uh, you know, Flarrow universe. Because there were some people that got left out that I want to see uh, have, you know, like how can Tom Cavanaugh not have a, a song uh
2: Oh, I wanna yeah, I wanna, yeah, wanna find He can also sing, i I forgot. Yeah, about.
0: and I want to find a way for like to bring Laura Benanti back so she can have a song because you know
2: She died. But yeah, I'll she th- died hard. No,
0: but we can have we can have the hologram sing a song, I bet. <laughs> we don't
2: we don't have holograms yet on Earth one uh, because I mean we've seen what HR has been able to do. Anyone remember Science from Cisco or Hollow Cisco? That was just hilarious, but um I'm sorry, you were what were you we saying? No, just saying, But Larb, I just love Laura Benanti, So, uh, oh, she's she's
0: she's a brilliant she's she's a brilliant Broadway singer. So, yeah. It was, it, but I, it was you know, Darren Chris was awesome. Music Meister, for what it's worth, was 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 awesome.
2: So now t- turning over to my uh, my flash peeps, um, Amy. What did you think of Music Meister?
6: You know i didn't have a problem with him i really enjoyed darren chris's performance i thought he did very well he was very endearing i've known about darren chris since <laughs> um a very potter musical so oh my god i love that one so much uh, that's oh been god. he's i i i was waiting for the moment that never happened between him and julian and julian being like i don't like him <laughs> just like right off the bat like i don't like him <laughs> like why don't you like him i just don't like him i don't know um
0: that's I, right i, I can't mind. believe they forgot julian
6: i know <laughs> i was waiting for that moment um i i didn't mind his character at all i actually really liked the turn at the end because we so often get villains we are villains they have selfish purposes their end game is to accomplish something for themselves the idea that he is sort of this Q continuum omniscient being Who maybe is just going around To help people Albeit with kind of weird and funky methods I didn't mind I thought that that was actually A more intriguing twist Than having him say Oh yeah I was doing it Because I was trying to Steal your powers long term That could certainly have been interesting And someone mentioned in the chat That that whole Getting Wally to come out and chase him thing While well, that fight was super cool And we need to see more of that I, that whole subplot was very lost and almost unnecessary, but I didn't mind him at all. And I don't have a whole lot of experience with Music Meister. Uh, I've never really read much of the stuff that he's been involved in. So for me, I didn't have any reason to say, okay, this is not an intriguing character of Music Meister. So I was very okay with it. And overall, I, I until you guys mentioned it, I would not have even thought that that there would have been a reason not to like him. But I understand where <laughs> you guys are coming from. Uh, As far as your ideas go.
2: Andrew, what did you think?
7: Uh, Well, yeah, I'll probably... I'll start with the positives and say that Darren Chris is probably, in terms of acting ability, like my favorite villain that The Flash has ever had. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, He just had the the charisma and... uh, Like he had what it took to meet Grant Gustin's level. And with uh, with Melissa there too. I mean, it was just uh, this was operating on a higher level that he he really brought to it. And um, I I mean, yeah, this isn't music, Meister. <laughs> um, like I'm to me, like, and this is not meant as a criticism of Supergirl in any way. But to me, like, this is uh, Mister Mister Mixes Pitlick in live action. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, it kind of part of that is because this is also like he's really in the mold of like the trickster from supernatural or um you know just like (laughs) sweet from buffy you know just a character who kind of comes in to stir things up for the fun of it and that's a fun thing to play so um that's kind of working in his favor of just being like the most likable villain um but yeah it's it's not the the turn at the end kind of fell fell a little flat for me just because uh maybe it it, it's uh reveals how much these shows stick to one formula that uh i expected and you know like demanded a reason why he would do this um because people don't just do things in this world there's always an evil plan that's bringing the world to an end uh so that felt a little weird just because it came really out of left field like i thought he was going to turn into Mixie from supergirl and that would make perfect sense again Uh, (sighs) that
3: would have been awesome
7: but, but, without that, it is kind of a okay, So I guess even like on a fictional level, he's implied to have like godlike powers, which is just not music. So, um but, yeah, in terms of the villain working for this story, I thought he was great. Like I th- thought for ninety percent of it, his tone really matched with the, what the show was going to be. Uh, and then the ending was just weird because it really was just kind of a, a neat ending. But Darren Chris, great. I would love to see him back that's a shame that it's just a one-off but uh, please give me more actors like this give me more actors of this quality who are clearly just having a freaking blast being uh, villains yeah
6: well that's what came out they were all like that this whole episode you could tell that each and every single one of them even the extras in the background were having the time of their lives and that was infectious
2: yeah i
0: was i think it also helps that like they're all you know, like the, there were actually several reunions going on too, right? Because you had the glee aspect of it. You had Victor Garber and Jesse Martin, who are not, you know, it's not a reunion in a sense, but they're Broadway with Barrowman, kind of, you know, a Broadway reunion on the show. And you also had, you know, we mentioned Very Potter musical and Starkid, Carl, uh, Carlos um, Valdez and, and Darren Chris being original Starkid members. So, like, because you had all this familiarity among the actors, I think that re- that chemistry really um you know shown through in the episode and i think that's what's usually kind of lost when you have like a guest star come on it's like someone who's not part of the family but you had like multiple family reunions going on at the same time which was really neat
2: Brittany, uh, how did you feel about that uh, i mean hey, hey you called the weekday, they, they freaking announced it which was so like <laughs> did, they, did she know something i didn't know or yeah but what did you think
5: It just made sense. I mean, like, they have all these, you know, Glee actors to bring on the Glee star or, you know, one of the major Glee stars uh, to be in it. And I loved it. I thought he was, I mean, he was really good. I feel like there wasn't enough of him. Like, he kind of disappeared and was, like, in the pipeline for a little while, which was, you know, always problematic when you just lock villains up in there and forget about them. Um, But I think I would have, I think at the end, it felt like a Valentine's Day special. I was like, man, this really would have been a great, like, Valentine's Day, like, curl up with your loved ones and watch this Valentine's Day special about love and like musicals. Like, I don't know, that would have made more sense to me. Like, if well, it was a Cupid. holiday special or like a Christmas special, yeah, something like where it didn't have to necessarily him be the music meister. Uh, I was disappointed he did not wear his fedora that he had in the one picture I've seen in the music meister from the cartoon. Um, but other than that, I guess I kind of forgot till you guys mentioned his whole like. Plan of stealing the bank. I was like, Oh yeah, I forgot he did that that thing where he was like using Kara's heat vision for like literally one well, scene, and then never nev- it never came up again.
0: Actually,
5: yeah,
0: I, I have a theory about that. Actually, yeah, I got
6: one too. Keith, you say yours first. I
0: wonder if ours line up. Okay, so I, th- I think there's two things. Like the the music meister is, you know, I know we were kind of questioning his motivations, but you know, on the one hand, it was trying to show Kara and. Barry, how to like love again and and forgive the people who've hurt them, but I think his 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 like raison d'être is to like help people ultimately. And the whole supervillain plot was actually his way of getting Wally to uh, come out of his funk. That's what I think that was about. So it wasn't really about him taking over Central City or robbing a bank because why the hell would he rob a bank? <laughs> He's a god. Um, he he was he was doing that to give Wally purpose again because you know before that even though it was only one episode wally was just kind of like flailing and that was his way to like be a hero again and that's what the music master provided for wally in the real world while he was doing you know the love thing for Barry and Carr. and then one other thing i wanted to add before i uh shut up for a few minutes is that I think the only thing about why I didn't mind the 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 love aspect was that this is a musical. It's, it's like an homage to Disney musicals. True love's kiss is what saves the day. So that that was the only that's the only way you can resolve anything in a in a musical. So that that's what I thought that was a a, a nod to.
2: Amy, what's your theory?
6: That's what I was thinking too. That um, if he's this character who's supposed to be uh, this omniscient a person who's going to go around and help, and his end game was to help everyone get out of whatever funk they have, like Keith Mm. said, then he accomplished that
2: with Wally. What I was going to say was that I, you know, you guys have, I mean, I I think I do agree actually mostly with Amy about this because, you know, I mean, the fly has been very dark this season. Uh, Like I mentioned last week, you know, the season Freakers, blah, 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 blah. It felt so refreshing to just, you know, like, look, I don't care about the Transformers Savatar. I don't want to think about the Daxims on Super. I, like, I just want to be able to just have fun with these shows again. Just like, like, kind of, you know, just take a break from everything that's going on. And and also in many ways, because the thing we have to remember about Music Miser is that there's been one incarnation of him in a cartoon. There's no, there, there's nothing saying that he has to be beholden to whatever Neil Patrick Harris did. So, I feel that, you know, bringing him into live action, I do think it's fair for the producers to have some freedom to do whatever. Yes, you know, it would have been funny if he had a costume, and yes, maybe if he had this or just that. But, and, and I was thinking this over because I kept thinking, well, it was this, was he only being used because he needs to fix a bunch of ships? Or was there something else? But I like what Amy said of, uh, and keep, what Keeper saying, that to bring all these characters out of their fungus zone because... I think we can all agree that this has been some pretty dark hours for both Flash and, you know, actually for Super Bowl a little bit in the past few weeks. Um, because, you know, they haven't been as bright as they were back maybe in Season 1 and 2 of Flash or at Season 1 of Super Bowl when it was back on CBS. So, it was... I think Darren Chris I mean, look. That boy is a gift to humanity. Like, he can... Like, I loved him on Glee so much. He was one of my all-time favorite characters. And... He, you know, seeing him get into play someone like music as it was just so much damn fun. Like I just like that it was <sighs> because sometimes I feel that like these on these shows are trying to either overcomplicate their villains or they don't do enough. And this time it was like, look, let's just go for it. Let's just have fun with it. And that's the thing, like musicals are supposed to be they're they're supposed to break the rules and not make sense all the freaking time. Um mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm sure Hamilton is perfectionist, so I have no idea. All I know is that people really want to fight for those tickets. It's like, wow, this is like the fifth Super Bowl episode of the season that people are like, give me Hamilton tickets and I will tell you anything you need to know. Um, But um, yeah, I love them as Music Meister. And I do think we're actually going to see him again because remember, one of the news headlines in the future said Music Meister signs major book deal. So. Unless it got prevented now because of Barry and Carr succeeding in getting out of their funk, I don't know. Like, you know, do you guys think he's coming back? You know, just to kind of t- wrap up with that, or do you think that was kind of like, oh, now that's another headline that's been scratched because they changed their future?
3: I think there's always a chance that he could come back. They could probably leave it open. I don't, I don't know that he has to, but I think it's that's always a possibility.
2: Right? just say you don't want him to come back to you. No, I mean, I,
3: I, I mean, I, I think, I think it would, it, it would work, and it would be uh, fun to see him again. But I think it's one of those things where, oh, he gets a book deal, and wherever he, you know, ends up, I, I don't necessarily think that needs a storyline of it, its own. But I, I think it's possible.
6: Are we, we're talking oh. about Music Meister, right? Yeah. So the thing that struck out to me is that he has the ability to steal people's powers that seems like a very beneficial ally to have when you're fighting someone like Savitar. Hmm.
2: Well, if only they'd ask for his phone number, but they didn't. Are we
0: talking, are we talking about him coming back this season or just in general? Because if, if, if we get like a yearly musical, uh, from now on, that's all I care about. Oh, I have no,
2: I have no problem with it either.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. so, like, I don't care about narrative reasons to bring Music Maestro back. If it just means hey, we get to sing in a different context, I'm I'm all for it. Because you know, we need more Jeremy Jordan and Carlos Valdez singing, oh, yes. right? Because that was that
5: that yes. opening number well, was, I, I was way
0: too short and we should also
5: be yeah over there was definitely not enough jeremy jordan in this episode
2: and i would also kind of like to bring over some of the legends because i would love to see um arthur darville and carlos values reunite again because they used to do a play together so i think it was called once and once yeah they're and, on
0: once together yeah, yeah. yeah so
2: not once upon a time to anyone listening you know that there's a there's a separate play just called once so but let's move on and let's talk about the the, the musical world you know we had this amazing setting we have all these different Aeroverse characters in a different in a different light and all these performances. So um Amy, I wanna say with you, what did you think of the the world that they had set up with the music? You know, I, I I'm you know, with the the time setting, I guess it was 70s 40s maybe something like that uh, what did you
7: think? 70s I, yeah. I, I, I don't know it wasn't, it
2: wasn't the 70s no, it was
7: for, hey come on now drive turkey check out this new thing called disco We're talking about <laughs> I do so much for these um, people and
2: all they ma- do is make fun of me when I can't get <laughs> it
6: look I'm going to be really honest this whole setting the whole musical the costumes the way that they spoke the story the callbacks to all these musicals the the cues the choreography the dance numbers everything was so deeply up my alley Mm i i i sat there i i put this on my twitter page You, you guys know in the movie tangled where she's sitting on the boat looking up at the lights and she's just sighing and staring at the lights, which are her one, one greatest dream in the world is to see the the floating lights. That was me this whole episode. <laughs> I was sitting there just watching it, feeling my heart melt into a puddle of goo and, and flashy Supergirlness. For me, the costumes, the setting, the story, the music, the way that they told it, the reactions and the conversations in the relationship between Barry and Kara. This is the magic of the Flash and Supergirl that I feel like to a certain extent we've lost mm. this season, especially on Flash when we have become so ingrained in all of these deep stories, which are really, you know, very good, so getting getting involved with the ethics and the moralities of everything that's going on, but this is the magic of season one flash. This is the magic of some of these moments with Supergirl. And I'm behind on Supergirl. I've only seen the first season, but from a flash perspective, this takes me back to why I fell in love with the flash in the first place. And they need more like this. I will probably watch this episode more times than I care to admit. And this episode made me more emotional than I think I've been in any flash episode for a very 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 long time. So I have to give major props to the entire casting crew that put this together because it was one of the most spectacular and enjoyable television watching moments that I've had in a very long time and it's it's supremely well done everything that they did I just I was overwhelmed and I'm such a musical person so I'm sitting there going oh my gosh I need to sheet music I need to sing this right now (laughs) I want to get it done so that's the kind of inspiration that the flash sparks in me with this and that was just so
2: incredibly well done
0: being on the east coast I might have already watched it two and a half times
2: (laughs) (laughs) who was your favorite um character in uh, in this reality like did you have a favorite or two of I don't even really remember the names of them, but, like, just, you know, you can just call them Malcolm and, you know, Joe or whatever.
6: Uh, are you asking me? When? Whoa, his voice. I had no idea. I I'd heard the rest of them saying. I had no idea that he had that. And his character was just completely endearing. Um, I, he I was do basically I playing
0: his Newsies. It. He was basically playing his Newsies character, wasn't
6: he? <laughs> was he in the Newsies? Jack? That's, yeah, the, yeah, that's, that's a the huge Broadway, Broadway. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's yes, where all
6: my like I love musicals credibility just crashed and burned right
2: there. <laughs> I have a feeling Amy's. Gonna... I have a feeling Amy's gonna have a big date with YouTube after just searching your D- Jeremy Jordan yep. videos for the north of the night.
6: Last time I watched Newsies, I was in third grade, so it's been it's been a while. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I think that was the character I enjoyed the most. Also, I I had forgotten that John Barrowman could sing, so when he started singing, it was that kind of moment where I'm holding my popcorn. I'm like, yep, that's it. I'm done. I'm sold. Favorite thing ever, right here. Done.
7: A- Andrew, what about you? My favorite performance? <clears throat> Jesse Martin. What? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, um, well, Jeremy Jordan, I, I mean, I have to give props of him probably having the most, like, insane standalone voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, Collins, I got to give it up to Jesse L. Martin. That was, uh, I mean, there were, all, well, that's the problem. He was great. Um, I'm trying to think of the other one. Darren Chris has a great tone to his voice. Um, but I, I would probably say, uh, I have to go with Joe just because, I mean, that's kind of, I'm on the record as being totally in for Joe West, so I can't really back out now.
2: I mean, I mean, you got an opponent now with their uh, car lane tonight, so it's uh, it's uh, it's fight, to, it's, fight it's, it's fight to the death. I, I kept thinking all week. I'm like, Oh my God, who's going to be the biggest, like Joe Gusher on this crossover. Um, <laughs> Brittany, what, um, what about you? What was your favorite aspect and favorite, um, different era character in, in this, uh, in this world?
5: um joe west is my favorite character on every world so i was like (laughs) waiting the whole time just like i need collins to sing like i just need this to happen i mean I, i love jeremy jordan's voice too. public service announcement the last five years is on netflix he is in it it will break your heart but you will love it it will be like it will be like it will cause you pain but you'll be happy about it in like that harry potter way um so yeah uh i loved I loved him and Victor Garber and the fact that they were both Iris' dads. Like, I think that was my absolute favorite part. Of yeah. He's like, dads! And Barry's like, dads? And they're like, you got a problem with that? And Barry's like, no, I totally listen to musicals. Like, I'm fine with this. And, like, that was all just just so good. And I think I didn't expect everyone to have, like, old-timey accents. So when, like, John Barryman broke it out, I was like, oh, cool. He's, like, a gangster. And then, like, Wynn and Cisco showed up with the same accents. And I was like, oh, my God. This is actually the greatest right now. So, yeah, I think... I think those were all my all of my favorite parts.
2: Let's turn to the, the Supergirl radio ladies. Uh, Rebecca, let's try what you would... Uh, who was your favorite?
3: Well, in terms of performances, I mean, I this is biased, obviously, but um, Kara was my favorite part of this episode because at the end of the Supergirl episode somebody's uh she goes into this coma world and somebody's like hey you're on and she's like on what like she has no idea where she is what she's doing and by the beginning of the flash episode she has it cracked me up she had fully committed to this nightclub singer act <laughs> that she was in and uh that made me laugh a lot because uh, i guess she figured i can't get out of here so i'm just gonna do it i'm gonna sing <laughs> Uh, this will be fine. Uh, but I also loved, you know, all of her. Because in season two in Supergirl, they have had this uh, continuing, I, I don't know, trend pattern that she is a classic film fan. So when she goes home and she's by herself, she's watching old movies when she's at home. And so I don't know if that was to lead up to this, to where they could actually make the Wizard of Oz mentions. I don't know. Um, but I like that part of her character that she's kind of an old soul old soul so i liked her um talking about the wizard of oz um and i enjoyed her performance of moon river because i'm a huge fan of the movie breakfast at tiffany's and that's audrey hepburn's big song in that so i really um i really connected with the car aspects of this episode
2: so that was what ronica was referencing on riverdale a few weeks ago i had no idea what she meant in pilot when she said breakfast at tiffany i'm like who's Tiffany and like, is that a restaurant? Uh, okay. So it's a movie, another movie. Annie has a scene and uh, Carly, uh, you want to, you want to take on Andrew and show that you're the bigger Joe West fan.
4: <laughs> See, I was going to give a different answer to be different. Um, cause I, I mean, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I did love gay mob dad singing guys and dolls. Like that was a, that was a great moment. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, my whole thing is I can't get super friends out of my head. Like it's still stuck (laughs) in my head three hours later. So, and for people that don't know, that's the song that Rachel bloom from crazy ex girlfriend wrote. And it is, if you know anything about that show, it is the (laughs) super friends is like the Rachel bloomiest of Rachel bloom songs. (laughs) So all the little jokes in there, you know, Barry making fun of Superman. And even though, you know, like in real life, Clark would probably kind of kick his ass for it, which I thought was really funny. Um, (laughs) but But the tap dancing was like one of my favorite parts. And I actually saw somebody point out you can see their feet are actually synced up with the sound and that's how you know it's real because there's so many people that pretend to tap dance on television and it's completely
0: off. She's
4: right. <laughs> like, they actually made the effort. <laughs> well
0: that's that, that's why Grant Grant Gustin is I mean, he's a trained singer and dancer. Right. That's why whenever you cast a hero, you need to cast a hero who can actually do the thing he's supposed to do. I'm throwing sub I'm subtweeting a different show, but I'm not gonna say which show I'm subtweeting right now.
7: <laughs>
4: You need to, you need to uh, teach a guy choreography. <laughs> I'm just
0: saying, it's <laughs> not when, when choreography is natural, you can tell. Is all I'm
2: saying.
4: Oh man, it's the but <laughs> anyways.
2: <laughs> I have no idea what I should edit this out or to so, keep it in because it's so funny. <laughs>
4: uh, it's fine.
2: It's fine.
0: People will know. I'm, yeah, uh, I could be, be talking been...
7: about Glee. You
0: know, who knows what I'm talking about? That subtweet
7: so, was for me only. <laughs> and that's what you missed. On I earned it.
4: So. <laughs> so yeah, Super Friends. Long story short, I think was my my top favorite, just because it's so catchy, and I'm probably gonna listen to that, just watch that scene several times in a row.
2: Morgan, sorry for some reason I almost forgot your name. And uh, Morgan, what did you? <laughs> no, I would never forget you. What did? What did? Uh, who okay. was your favorite uh, performer? And uh, so on, and song.
1: Oh, so rough because everybody like. E- as everybody came on screen I would be like oh my god I love you and then like (laughs) another person on screen like like I like oh my god I love you like Jeremy Jordan like popped up and I was like I forgot that he was in this I love you and like um (laughs) when when, uh when Joe and and Stein both showed up and they were Iris's dads, I was like can this get any better and then super friends came along and it like was everything I wanted from this musical episode and more. Um, So it's really hard to pick a a performer that I think was like the standout for me because they're all so great. But uh, I think I probably have to go with uh, with some combination of the two main, uh, Grant Gustin and Melissa Benoist. I thought they did such a good job. And like yeah, like you were saying, like the the dancing and the singing, her like just the episode starting and and her total commitment to like I guess I'm a lounge singer now. She's just <laughs> singing Moon River. <laughs> it was so good. Yeah, everybody was amazing. I I I only wish that they had got been able to get in like more uh, DCTV like singers into the show. Like it doesn't even matter if it made sense that they were there because. <laughs> It didn't make sense that a lot of those people were there, but I, I just went with it. I was like, it's fine. It's fine that Malcolm Merlin is here right now.
0: <laughs> you know, that's a good point about, the, you know, my point about Laura Benanti. Like, if this, these were all, like, fantasy versions of these characters in the first place. So, of course, Carr would imagine her mother, right? So, damn it, I want Laura Benanti in a, in a M- mm-hmm. Music Meister episode. That's all exactly.
1: I want. Exactly. I still kind of want it to be the hologram now, though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like Alexa.
2: Uh, 16 going on 17. Alora. <laughs> an Astra. She's
4: she basically is though the DC version of Alexa. Let's be I real. Is it
2: is it is this another Star Trek character I don't know. Like, who's Alexa? No, oh, no. it's, a, it's, it's an the, Amazon thing. It's
4: the Amazon robot. Yeah. The I'm voice so, commands
2: I'm thing. So, I'm such a noob. Oh my god. Um Keith, who was your favorite? Yeah, sorry.
0: Um, you know everyone i didn't realize i was coming into like a, a joe west off so i won't <laughs> i won't claim i did i did tom, i won't claim disc- tom collins
2: for myself i sent you a disclaimer key if you should have read it
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah anytime jesse martin sings but for 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 the purpose of this episode i'm actually going to go with um not a singing performance since they were to talk Well, and you know what never mind i will but I, wonder, I did want to give a shout out to Candace Patton's um, like mob daughter's character. She was like, I was that, I didn't expect that. And that was really cool. Intriguing. Um, yeah. But uh, but no, the Put a Lo- the Little Love in Your Heart was my favorite number. Just because, like I, like I said earlier, um, Carlos Valdez, Jeremy Jordan, Darren Criss, John Perelman all singing. Their parts were too short. We need more singing from them. Um, but yeah, just seeing them do the, the big opening number was fantastic.
2: I mean, Super Friends is definitely one of my high favorites, although the only, ta- the only thing that, the one thing that kept going into my head when I kept seeing Grand <laughs> dancing is that, you know, oh my God, I could have been with Amy and seen that when they would, he was doing it live at freaking Comic-Con, but no, I thought there was a line. So I, kept, I had to like just look at the gif. I'm like, <laughs> I could have seen him. I could have seen him tap dancing in person. Oh, well. But it, that was definitely one of my favorite moments. But I definitely think, ah, oh, I mean, you guys are right. It's so hard to pick. But I, look, I just want, I just want grand cousin to sing "Run ho- Running Home" to you. Uh, like, I want to, I want to get that song to me before I get proposed. Because <laughs> my God, I was like, <laughs> I know Barry has been like really messing up the timeline. as on run run the season. But man, this boy knows how to propose. Hopefully he doesn't make it to oh. too. Third time. time's a charm. Two, second, look, listen, <laughs> listen.
7: Second time he's only been he's only proposed twice. I that she was that was a three moment.
2: Times, though.
7: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was a moment where when she reacted so shocked. I was right? like yeah. my girlfriend and I were kind of like really like <laughs> is your mind blown because this and, kind of seems like what you do when you're going to propose. Everyone here,
2: listen to me. Don't ruin this for me because I needed that <laughs> moment. I was like, look. They just had, I mean, I'm gonna talk about it later, but like they just did it, they just did this two weeks ago. But man, I don't give an ebb. This was just like perfection. I'm like, it's fine. Fu- let's just blame it on Flashpoint. There's an after effect, you know, where it erased, you know, like, you know, uneven episodes or whatever. So it's like episode 15, 17, you know, episode 14, 16, or whatever is like erased. They don't, they never happened. Um, but uh, no, I. Oh man, I just want to like once the show is oh I just want to buy all these songs and just listen just just listen to it till I fall asleep because they're so damn good. Um, no, but it's like it, it's it's hard to choose just one because every like these are some phenomenal singers and actors that we have. You know, we've known us for years. We've you know we've been all wanting them to see to come together and you know just to see them. I mean, we got maybe four some of the most magnificent forty two minutes of television ever, and it's. Yeah, I mean, like he said, if they want to do this as an annual thing, I'm look. If you want to replace the like the fall fork show crossovers with the musicals, I'm totally, <laughs> I'm totally fine with that. It's totally fine. More songs. It's totally fine. Um, wait, Andy, I'm gonna, I want to pitch something to you. Uh, four
5: part musical wedding crossover.
2: It, 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 wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. What couples? <laughs>
5: no, it's just a West Allen wedding, but everyone's there for it,
4: obviously. Like a Mama Mia. Yeah.
2: Exactly. Oh my god, now they, they have to do what?
0: Okay. Except not like Mama Mia. Though, except, right? not like, yeah, <laughs> except not except like that.
4: No, but like everybody's there for a wedding. That's, right, the, that's right. the basic intro. And then we do our own spin-off. Our Like, own version. He, Andy's like they,
6: they lose something or they can't find something or someone gets kidnapped. And, you know, there's, there's so much potential with this. I love this, Brittany. Let's write it. Let's do it. It's happening. <laughs>
2: If this doesn't, if Andy, this doesn't, okay? if this doesn't happen, <laughs> Greg Belanti, if you're listening, if this doesn't happen, I will be, I, I, I will not watch a show <laughs> ever. This has to. Where happen. does
6: one host an intergalactic wedding? Like, if you have to, how do you send out intergalactic save the dates?
7: Interdimensional, are we talking? That too. Maybe?
6: And and supposedly, I, think... I mean, intergalactic too. It, it,
7: Catholic. Yeah! Oh my God! What is, I think what they clearly of? need to just do like a Back to the Future episode where Barry needs to go back and make sure his parents like get married.
2: Oh my gosh! Um, yes,
7: I did not. They, not expect... only because he like is obviously Marty McFly, but uh, <laughs> it would let them be like if it was their wedding, it would be in the 80s, and then we could have an 80s musical, and Andy would still think it's a 40s wedding. Um. <laughs> <laughs>
2: The enchantment under the sea dance it's gotta happen this was in the 20s got right guys this was in the 20s this is not the 70s um no but i i won that wedding now um let's see so we talked about the songs and okay let's talk about because the the, the largest effect that this music master had on 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 these what was the fact that it had a huge effect on the west allen relationship and Kara and Mono. I'm sorry. I'm not gonna call. I'm not gonna go by that name. I refuse to. Uh, okay, Carmel. So last week there was a breakup on the Flash. Yeah, he was doing two breakups. Um, by the way, Wally really seemed to get over Jesse pretty quickly, huh? Like he, like he, like it's, it was like as if he didn't like. Oh, all you had to do was just get a metahuman to deal with, and you know they're
7: teenagers, you know. He's he's not.
1: I'm also not sure there was like enough time in the episode for him to like have a moment to be sad about that
7: that's a good point
2: well and then last time they
1: broke up she's just like i'll see you later i feel like
5: like it was like hey we'll still be pen pals or something
2: (laughs) (laughs) multiversal pen pals um and then last time on supergirl i don't know how much i don't want to spoil this episode for amy but okay so there was a breakup because of reasons um,
6: well, they they showed in the preview last time. Oh yeah, oh, so. oh okay,
2: never mind. <laughs> I know what happened. So, yeah. So Mama is a big liar, <laughs> and his mommy and daddy uh, came to Urban like, Yo, we're still alive. Let's go home. And Kara wasn't happy with that, so they they broke up. So this episode sort of undoes some of that for both couples, but maybe for good or bad reasons. So, okay, I wanna I wanna start with you, Andrew. What did you think of? the effect that the musical had on the couples because that, because it's almost like that's what music was only there for because he wanted to remind it of of
7: love um, well I was a little less than thrilled about where Barry and Iris were at the end of last episode uh, that I kind of just wish in in, you know, in hindsight that this was when Barry proposed uh, like they had gotten to this point where he wanted to kind of put things on hold in order to to focus on helping her. And then that put them on some really thin ice. And then this was kind of what brought it back into perspective for him, because now it feels a little to me, like, you know, I I didn't really follow them on, on that arc. Uh, Maybe that's on me. Like that just might've been, that one didn't work as well for me. Uh, And then Kara and Mon-El. Well, I, I agree with some people hear about the potential in that relationship, so I'll just say that it was nice to see Kara happy.
3: <laughs> yes! Diplomatic. I'll be that friend, right? <laughs> the, the Kara <laughs> happiness shippers unite.
7: Yes. Brittany, what did you think? Does that, is oh, that so sound not harsh? Good. No Sorry. Good. No, no, I just wanted to make sure, because I don't want to be like, because girls get to do that, and I've never tried doing that, being like, you know what? It works for her. Let's just let her be; she'll get it out of her system. Is that that's supportive, right? I,
1: I, so supportive.
7: Okay. <laughs> I don't know what I didn't, I didn't hear the supportive
2: part in that, but okay. Um, <laughs> no offense, but Brittany, what did you think?
5: I have a question. Actually, does I mean obviously she probably does, but who's like Supergirl's like comic love? Like obviously everyone knows about West Allen, but does she
3: have like an equivalent? Her, Rob, her, big, her biggest her her most famous romance is with a character uh, called Brainiac Five. Ah, yes, yes, yes. who is a member of the Legion of Superheroes. Uh, so he is from the future, and Monel is also a member of the Legion of Superheroes. So I don't know if they're taking the Brainiac Five relationship and putting it on Monel, or if Brainiac Five will come eventually. But she's—I mean, she's had a couple little romances here and there, but but Brainiac <laughs> Five is the one most people talk about. Yeah. Okay, yeah and so also, like...
7: uh, a little uh, love advice to the ladies out there: never trust a man with five in his name
3: or brainiac. What, what other <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I don't want to be.
7: Why is is five not good to have in your name? I'm just saying, Johnny Five. He'll love you and leave you. Batteries not included, ladies. <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm hijacking this into, like, my romance radio show. I apologize. <laughs> no, it's fine. I, I got, I got it's like have... a morning
5: radio talk show right now. <laughs> it, it, it is. And all the 80s movie references,
7: too. That's awesome. <laughs> Go on,
0: Brittany.
5: I'm just going to say, because someone, like, I saw someone tweet, I wish I remember who, but someone was like, are they setting up this season to, or are they setting up Monel to be, like, Ka- Kara's great love? Because they kept comparing him so much to Iris in this episode which i found kind of interesting because they were drawing a lot of parallels especially like when he kissed her when they were in the dream i was like what if they don't come back like what if they're not like what if it's not her true true love and like he kisses her and they just stay there like stuck in the dream which obviously wouldn't happen but i thought about it for like a second and like chuckled a little bit because you know barry and Iris are gonna get out of that dream real quick but um that was all i could think of at that part uh, I don't even remember the question anymore that I was supposed to be talking about. I ca- but. It's
1: funny. I, I wanted that to happen, actually. I, <laughs> I just like, thought it would have been funny. Like, like, it, like, like, it stops. Like, he kisses. And it doesn't
5: work. And then, okay, it worked the second time or something.
2: Okay, so the question was, uh, how did you felt about um, the effect that the music master had on Kara and mon Ma- Ma- relationship as well as Barry and Iris' relationship?
5: Oh, yeah. I love that he was able to get um, Barry and Iris to the place back, where they, you know, could have been a couple of episodes ago, but, like, I had kind of thought last episode when he was, you know, he said they needed space, it was because he was afraid, and that was kind of a thing, like, how he helped Wally this episode, Music Meister did kind of help, you know, Barry realize that even if he is afraid, like, the most important thing, obviously, is love, and his love for Iris, and so I like I like that he kind of helped them get to a good place, or a better place, and it sometimes it's good, like, when you're in, in a relationship, and you're in it, and everyone around you is in it, you can't really you don't really have, like, an outside perspective. So kind of maybe they needed this outsider to come and be like, look at what you guys are, like, missing out on. So maybe that was another good part of having him around. Like, they, there's everyone, you know, Joe is so involved. He's so invested in both of them and making both of them happy. And everyone else is so involved. They couldn't, you know, see a way out of it. So maybe they needed and they needed a um, Music Meister to come in and save the day.
2: What if Music Meister is just a big shipper? And, like, he does it to all TV <laughs> shows, like, you know, he shows up on Riverdale, he shows up on Bones, or you know, like you know, Sleepy Hollow, Pearl Light. Li- oh. on
4: please.
2: which couple of you want back? Uh,
6: n- n- no, we're not getting into that. Oh,
2: okay, <laughs> okay. Um, Amy, is what do you think of them, um, them, the relationship stuff in this episode?
6: I'm, I, you guys have all made very good points, so I don't need to reiterate that. I will just say that the musicals always represent this this big, overwhelming, happily ever after to me. All of them there's certainly musicals like Cabaret, which I don't know if any of you guys have seen Cabaret. It's very not a happy ending. It ends with the Holocaust. But most musicals represent this huge overarching happily ever after and hope. And so this moment where they're all having those moments and I'm like, oh my God, true love's kiss, true love's kiss. Please make true love's kiss what fixes it. And it does, that's magic. And then seeing them back to this place where we know that they are meant to be feels good i don't have any answer for sakara and Monel because i've i've never met Monel before this is my first time i've met him i don't know what i think about him yet um all i can say is i'm pretty sure you're the gals from what i've heard on the supergirl radio we're probably of the same mind um but i i, I don't have anything to say on their level but as far as barry and iris goes that was the magic that west allen has always been and so that was that was for me very, very special to watch. And you know, the moment where Joe's Joe, quote unquote, is singing to Iris, I think he was also singing to Barry, too. And that if this is if this is something that Barry's mind created, I think that that was how Barry wanted Joe to react to him marrying Iris. So that's kind of an interesting look into his psyche.
2: Rebecca, what did uh, what did you think of? Um, I know we had some commentary just before the show started, but what did you think of the focus on those two those two relationships?
3: Well, narratively, I liked that they were paralleled in the coma world, is what I'm calling it. I don't know if there's another name for it, but they were paralleled in the coma world to reality. So I liked the way that that was set up to where, like specifically with Monell. He has a problem with his overbearing parent, which is very similar to what he's experiencing with uh, Lois Lane and Hercules over on Earth 38. (laughs) So uh, I really liked that aspect of it, that they were able to, and even with the Barry and Iris stuff, they sort of played up the same kind of things that they were dealing with in the reality uh, so I, I in in terms of the writing, I thought that was very good. And I thought it was very clever. So I enjoyed that a lot. And I know some people on Supergirl Radio don't like Monel very much, but I I do like him. So I, I thought uh, some of this with him was was good. And uh, I I know it was a little quick turnaround with Kara, but I, I liked that she was able to see something from a different perspective and see maybe from Monel's point of view. Because she had to be in the coma world. She was outside of his experience or uh, outside of her experience to see his experience. So I liked that she was able to see it from his point of view and what he was going through. So um, I, I think they should have maybe uh, they should have drawn that out a little more uh, time wise. But uh, but I thought it was good in terms of both of the couples. Although I was a little confused because during the episode, <laughs> the National Weather Service kept interrupting my episode in in my area it did oh it three it did it three times where there was like this big tone and there was like messages happening and really it wasn't even near my area There were like wind storms or something and so That's i terrifying. missed i missed quite a bit <laughs> quite a bit so i was very confused about the kissing at the end uh but i assumed it was some sort of like true love's kiss Type situation, so I'll just go with that. But uh, but I thought the the couple stuff in this was fine.
2: Before I go on, I made a joke when I was live tweeting saying that you know, oh, watch this, man. I was going to suggest, you know, saying, you know, like, oh, we should. Have you ever seen the movie Sleeping Beauty? Oh, we have to just kiss to wake them up. The fact that it became that it almost became a reality is terrifying because I did not know that they were basically going to be yeah, just kiss them. It should be fine. And. Um, so so you are talking about people that on Super doesn't like Monel. So Carly, <laughs> how, did you, how did you um how did you feel about uh, West Al and um you know the, the,
4: the uh, <laughs> uh honestly it really kind of bothered me that they literally reversed Kara's decision to break up with Monel in less than twenty-four hours. Uh Like, I think, like, what, 23 hours and 50 minutes later, she's like, oh, it's fine. And the problem that I think we've talked about on Supergirl Radio, I think something like Morgan and I have noted, and I think even Rebecca to an extent, (laughs) have all agreed that there's been a lot of repetitiveness with Monel's storyline this season. He screws up, he goes back to Kara, he apologizes, she forgives him, rinse and repeat. And it's getting really old. And it, again, felt like they were just replaying the same beat in this episode, where she just had to see things from his point of view to understand him. And I think that's why, for me, like it, the breakup at the end of of last night's episode was so nice because it was like Carl realizing that she deserves better than to be treated, you know, uh, treated poorly by someone that she cares about. You know, and even though she does care about Manel. Like the fact that he lied to her about his identity, she even said in the episode, "He lied to me for nine months about who he really was," and it's frustrating because, you know, I think in the in the Supergirl episode, he comes to her and he says, "Oh, I tried to tell you so many times," and I was like, "When? When did you try to? T- <laughs> what? Show me the receipt." What <laughs> else? When? Did you, when for twelve? 12- Tweet me the receipt. Twelve freaking episodes. <laughs> I never saw one attempt to be, you know, to, to, to be upfront about who you really are. And, um, you know, and then it was like we got the flashback in the Supergirl episode that didn't exactly make him sympathetic. I mean, he left a girl in his bed to die, like <laughs> when Daxum was exploding. I was
1: Did like, he, like, jump right over somebody who was, like, putting their uh, hand out for help? It's <laughs> like, he just, like,
4: stepped on them on the way out you No, know, they're not setting him up to be a sympathetic character especially after uh, sup- the episode of supergirl and and you know to have him have that uh, realization of like i need to be a better man because she broke up with me it's like no 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 like you should have been trying that long before you you know whatever so anyway i, I think my biggest problem is them them trying to do the they're trying to put the Karamanel relationship on the level of iris and barry because it's not it's just not um i still think he's going to be gone by the end of the season (laughs) i don't think he's long for the world everybody keeps everybody keeps saying oh i hope you're right about him leaving just like you were right about him being prince of daxam (laughs) i was like look i don't know i'm just i'm feeling it but it, I don't know it. it the, the quick turnaround of the of her forgiveness level, um, that definitely bothered me a lot. Especially because the scene the scene in Supergirl where she confronts him about lying and like is crying. I mean, it hurts her to send him away, but she even says like, "No, I I do deserve better than to be lied to." So, um. So that was my only thing, is I think it, it it was tough for me to see, like, you know, she, Carlos like, you hurt me that badly, and then, and then forgive him in the next episode.
7: Well, yeah, it lessens so, her stance. Right. Like,
4: it undermines, like, it undermines the, the, um, I don't know, I guess it, the severity of, of the transgression, like,
7: yeah, was her, W- w- was the problem, really, that she couldn't put herself in his position?
4: Right. Like, it that was
7: why she dumped him?
4: Come on. No, was it wasn't. Because, like, she, yeah, like, she, and then she, you know, she heard, she heard the true story of what happened. I don't know. It's just It was it like,
1: was, come on, was it really if only she had understood him more? Like, yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. She got it.
4: <laughs> so, I don't know. And then it's fr- it's frustrating because you get characters that are basically telling Kara, like, give him a chance, give him a chance. And then, like, how many times does she have to give him a chance? We've been through this already. It's just getting old. So that's how I felt. But uh, uh, Barry and Iris were great, though. That last that last <laughs> song was really good. I, 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 I tweeted, I tweeted uh, if I was Iris, I wouldn't have let Barry get through the first verse, just saying. Before, like, Wait, before jumping him. Like, I wouldn't have let him finish the song. Because it was... He was like super hot. <laughs>
3: that's,
4: that's dope.
2: Like, before I be, okay, before we All go right, on, so I, I just want to go. give a quick Please shout say. out to damvers.com in the chat. There's someone with damvers.com in the chat, ladies of the radio. You got, oh. you got it. That's amazing. Are they blobbing? Are they blobbing? Are they blobbing? We're, we're pod blobbing, actually. Uh, we're so live blobbing, pod blobbing, live blobbing, yeah. Um, Morgan, I, why do I keep wanting to say Rebecca for some reason? Morgan, what did you um?
3: You just uh, just, just toss it right back over to Rebecca. That's <laughs> <laughs> <So laughs> no, fine. Mor- Morgan can talk. It's fine.
2: So Morgan, what did you feel about you, about these two ships?
3: Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I
1: I agree with
4: a lot. You of... sound like me. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it's so funny. I feel like this whole season of Supergirl Radio has been a progression of me from going from Rebecca's side of the fence slowly <laughs> to Carly's side of the fence.
2: Supergirl Radio is a like war.
1: This, this was the, yeah, a war over my opinion. But uh, but this was like peak uh, peak Carly side. This episode, I was just <laughs> like, stop. Uh, Oh god, the Monell stuff is so rough. Uh, it's been so rough recently, and and she's she's right. It's I think it would be a different scenario if like this was the only thing. Like he was otherwise a chill dude, and then he was just kind of lying to her about this thing that he felt bad about. But that's not the case at all. Like like Carly was saying, like every episode, there's like something that he has to apologize for. There's like some lesson. On, like basic human decency that he has to learn and usually it's the same lesson he learned like last week it's like the exact same lesson uh <laughs> so it's it's not like this is his big goof up uh and which i think would make it more understandable and more relatable that Kara forgives him so fast like if this was his big thing sure like I i could buy it but like she's literally always forgiving him for something and this was big And we finally got that big scene at the end of uh, Monday night's episode where, you know, she stands up for him uh, for herself and he he's like starts to tell her about how she's so special. And she's like, yeah, I know I'm special and you can get out. And I was cheering and it lasted for 24 hours. And I think also like so (laughs) I didn't love that they put uh, Kara and Monel kind of on the same level as Barry and Iris, Mm -hmm. because that is a a long-standing relationship that has, Mm -hmm. you know, has a lot of development. Like, whether you love it or you hate that relationship, like, that relationship has earned its place. Like, mon is, like, just some jerk who crash-landed into Tara's life, like, a minute ago. Like, (laughs) it is not on the same level at all. And then at the end of the episode, like, they had a big fight. Like, even if they went through this, like, musical, like, montage of, like, feelings and love or whatever, like, to see her so lovey dovey with him, really just, I was just like, oh my God.
2: Oh. It, it <laughs> physically hurt me to watch. It was
1: rough. It was rough to yeah. watch. It was like, I was like, okay, okay. Something it's that, fine.
2: Some, it's fine. Something that you guys on Zubo Radio have pointed out throughout, I think, both seasons is that whenever Cara takes off her glasses, and like she, you know, that's kind of, you know, it's always a kind of a big moment. I was so angry at how that, how it was basically taken away from her from last night through the whole resolution of this episode. Baron Iris makes I mean look, could they wait you know, I don't know why Barry had to propose two weeks ago. I don't know why they couldn't have broken up a little bit sooner, but you know, it's fine. Bon L is, is oh this is the this is a vocally abusive relationship between these two. Like like these ladies, he keeps saying I will do better, I will learn my lesson, yada 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 and then the next week he just does the same thing again and it's like you know i mean look
1: it's just so repetitive to watch as a viewer it's like just put a, it's like ab- put aside put aside the whole like is this a good relationship or isn't this a good relationship is this a good story or isn't it a good story like i'm watching a television show i don't want to see the same story every single week and that's what we see with them and it's it gets so aggravating it's like right. could we break this pattern literally in any way at this point <laughs> like maybe even just make him like a marginally better person like even right. that would work well, if you learn from his well, lessons right.
2: I would actually actually enjoy like okay I can be open but the problem is that there's all, like these two do, do not belong together and I'm not just saying it because I am actually a Jimmy car shipper but it's because it's just that he's so vocally abusive to her like he doesn't like call her names and anything like but he just keeps nothing he says i i don't i never believe what he says amy are we are we selling it, him on you by the way like are you excited to meet monel <laughs> <to listen to? laughs> like i keep thinking that like, she must be so horrified right now because like it's we're not we're not really giving a p- good pitch on monel but it's just
1: much uh, excitement to look forward why, to why, why
2: can't we just have gotten some Sanverse like you know like big reunion like you know like you know they must fight to get each other back and there's like this big kids like that
1: that I, like Kyler Lee can sing. Why? Why? Why wasn't she like? It should have been a
4: frozen Maggie? moment. <laughs> it should have been a frozen moment at the end instead of Monel kissing Kara. It's, it's oh, that'd Alex, be perfect. Alex giving her <laughs> a little kiss on the forehead oh, stuff
1: so Like we were so like, I think it was saying earlier love. that like he tries to kiss her, and nothing happens, and like Alex has to <laughs>
5: has to like, get her out. Wait, we gotta call. We gotta call reinforcements, and they go call Alex. She's like, guys, I got this.
4: So perfect. <laughs> Alex yeah. Danvers, who you call when your backup needs backup
7: can we get
0: Alex also I mean, has experience getting Kara out of a dream state anyway so that makes sense mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She, uh, she, right. she
7: even freaking
2: saved Kara from outer space she put she put herself in that little pod went up in space and she saved her baby sister it's like
3: <sighs> but was that good <laughs> was it though you want you want. You
2: <laughs> You want to go outside? You want to take us outside, Rebecca? Uh, catch me outside, and we will discuss this. Because that okay. moment was so beautiful.
3: Like, you... At the end of season one. Hmm. Uh, okay. Okay.
7: <laughs> if you think so. As someone d- who has d- uh mm-hmm. not not gotten so uh invested <laughs> in the relationships on Supergirl, I can just say, like from a casual viewing standpoint, the last thing in the world that I ever wanted to see be like a main narrative thrust on a supergirl tv show was whether she likes a boy or not
6: Yeah, uh, word
7: and th- I, it, it's funny because if you ask me going into this um what is the strongest relationship in the world of supergirl i would say it is alex and Kara. like that you know it, from from the very first episode they kind of established that that was the heart of of them uh and then the coolest thing was when they kind of pulled John in there too, because he was an outsider as well. But anyway, uh, regardless of how I felt about Monel, it, it did really seem weird to make like it's just the opposite context because Barry and Iris we know are being apart because they want to be together, and that is just so not the case with Monel and Kara that kind of equating them in that final scene was just like, okay, I guess we needed them back together. You know, it was just kind of a, like you kind of said, you're, you're comparing apples and oranges here, which was, I think the result was it kind of pulled Barry and Iris down to just being like, they like each other, as opposed to it being, you know, she totally woke him up and then he needs help to get car out. Obviously, we're looking too much into this because seconds later, the guy said, it was making fall in love, bye! But, um, yeah, I'm, I'd be okay if if Kara was single for a while, or just kind of like casually dating a guy. Or oh, SuperCorp. Cool. I feel like at that point, this would be like more fun and more empowering to watch her dating some guy, and then uh, have Alex be like, "Whatever happened to Steve?" And her be like, "Ugh, Steve," and then just go on <laughs> to the mission that they're going on with, right? Because, ugh, you know, dating is just one of the things she does with her time.
2: Andrew, Andrew, let me let me introduce let me tell you about something called SuperCorp. Um is is this great myth that one that shall one day have it between Lena Luther and Kara zor because that
7: relationship makes
2: so is I love that more than this whole Monel business, but you know, I will digress. But keep
7: it casual. They both they're very busy ladies in their yes. time right now. She already lets her in anytime in she wants, so just head up there. Well we I don't mean, need the details. I mean look I mean Car isn't
2: really busy right now. I mean Lena kinda got her hard. Um Whoa. I mean, she she, who was it?
1: Who? I mean, she kind of got herself fired, but <laughs>
2: that has that a good point. Um, but, uh, but by blobbing, but oh, by blobbing, oh, welcome to Elcor. You would, you would you like to blob? Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe Elcor needs a like an official blobber.
2: And <laughs> um, since we're start, you know we're starting to somewhat run out of time, so let's let let's start running it down because we uh, we've sort of we, we touched upon. Um, the big proposal about Barry, Barry running home to, to Iris. Um, does anyone want to add anything else about any of the song, any of the performances, any of them, any of anything that we haven't discussed? Um, let's go around the table just quickly and see what if anyone wants to add anything. Keith. Well, I, I my
0: my main I mean, other than just in you know sheer. I was gonna say glee like unironically <laughs> of seeing um, you know all of the the talented singers in the berlanti verse finally get a chance to show off that they can sing um, that was that was of course why I've always wanted to see a musical episode of the Flash and Supergirl but I went, I did want to point out that not only was like the singing you know fantastic, but this was also I think one of the funniest episodes of the Flash. Uh, ever right like and and it wasn't like um you know forced humor like set up set up joke like just the the natural interactions between the characters um you know I, you didn't you didn't come to me about the ships which i thank you for because the the one no it's okay because the one relationship that i that i liked the most this episode was barry and kara and and their friendship their super friendship as it were <laughs> and just the just the way that they talk to each other and the way that like when she's singing moon river and she sees um barry as she's singing huckleberry friend like and then the waves at him you know like that was just it was it was adorable as the those two often are together so that's that's kind of what i liked about just the little humorous touches like another one that i thought was great was um after john has transformed into the martian manhunter Caitlin walks in the room and's like, oh, hello, and then continues telling them what's wrong. You know, like just those little touches like that were, were really great.
2: Rebecca.
3: Uh, the only thing I would add uh, was that I really liked Kara's 1940s lady hat. Uh, one of the reasons that I love watching classic films is for the time periods, and especially I, I love movies from the 1940s, and the the women. I mean, the men obviously wore lots of lots of fedoras and those kinds of things, but the women would wear hats all the time, and I just I love the fashion in the 1940s. And so um, I think Amy mentioned you know the clothing and, and the time period uh, for this crossover, but I I just I was very envious that Cara got to wear her 1940s lady hat. I thought that was really cool. So I, I appreciated the way that they used the time period to uh, do the sets and the choreography and the, the way people used accents and everything. I thought that they, they nailed the time period down, even to, the, like, they had a shot of the cars that were on the street. So um, I just really liked uh, getting to be put into that time period. Morgan?
1: Oh, I like the whole thing. Uh, I was just thinking about something. I, I guess I put on Twitter after I watched it, which was that I after he, like listening to the super uh, the super friends song and watching the whole section of the episode. I just found myself um, really wishing that that was like the whole episode, like that they were maybe all original songs or more more original songs. So. Obviously when they do this again next season, as they will, because we've requested it. Um you're the you
2: decider Morgan, so you know you yeah, what you say decided. goes. Yeah. It,
1: well, I mean, we talked about this on Supergirl Radio like a while ago, and then it happened and then they did the whole karaoke thing. Yeah, they so, do. Yeah. I mean so th- they're listening, like they're taking our requests. And not about Monel, but about other things. <laughs> so
2: <laughs>
3: Time will come. Time will come.
1: Uh, so, Yeah, so I like you know if they do this again, I'd really love for them to do more original songs because that Super Friends song was so was so clever and was so fun. It was so funny, like that the the line that that Barry has about I guess where Kara is saying something about like him going back in time. He's like, oh, I I I don't do that anymore. (laughs) Like it's just so funny, like so like glued into the show. Uh, So I'd love to see more stuff like that in the future. Like I, I wish there was more of that in the show uh, in this episode even though I did love like you know the other songs that they did and obviously the proposal scene like <laughs> I was like crying I was like this is romance but
2: <laughs> Car- but
1: I love the original of uh, the original stuff in this episode it was so good
2: Carly uh
4: I feel like we didn't mention a lot about Martian Manhunter but I will say everyone's reaction to him transforming was one of my favorite things, as as well as Cisco's line about him having green skin and a sick ass cape. <laughs> I was like, I was like, that is one of my favorite. The dynamic too between, uh, Vibe and Martian Manhunter, little teamwork, little team effort. That was fun. So, I want more of that. I want Martian Manhunter working with Team Flash.
2: Well, if there was only. Um... If only there was a way to combine Earths, <sighs> Andrew. If, on, if, on, if only there was a way to combine Earths, Andrew. Wouldn't that? Wouldn't it would that be-, be
7: for a musical, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm, it would be for musical. Crisis of Infinite Musicals. So, Andrew, do you have anything else you want to add?
7: Ah, uh, yeah. You know what? I'll just treat this as my DC TV Thanksgiving and and say again how thankful I am that Grant Gustin uh, was cast as the Flash. <laughs> Because this was, you know, when he was reacting to to Joe and Martin being able to sing, and then catching himself when he was, um, you know, first getting into playing the part. Um, I just I, I would watch any show that he was the lead character of, and I'm continually amazed at how effortlessly uh, he handles these weird episodes that some of his colleagues or peers may even just outright hate um and you know take a stand against ever happening with their show or characters but he just kind of takes to it like a duck to water and it's always funny it's always charming and for all of the the faults or flaws or things like that um when he's in a scene and i'm watching him i just am having a blast so thank you thank you for that also everyone else was great
2: (laughs) oh yeah Oh yeah, there were there were other people too. (laughs) Uh, Amy, why why am I losing? We're getting named tonight. Amy, do you have any other value you want to add?
6: I'll just add and say that this was probably my favorite episode of The Flash that I, in memory, that I can recall. I can't name another episode that I have become so endeared to, and I've only seen it once, and I'm already completely in love with it. This is the best of The Flash. This is the hope. Of Flash and Supergirl This is the best of Kara and Barry together And I could watch an entire series If this was the entire series Kara and Barry having a musical together If if the entire series was them saving people while singing I am so down for it I will watch it If they want to do a live stage show Go on Broadway I'm there, I'll be in the <laughs> front row So uh, this just, music means a lot to me And seeing this episode, seeing that last scene with Barry, that moment and that feeling that I had watching that, that means more than I think I can even express.
2: Brittany, any final thoughts?
6: Well,
5: Andrew took my final thoughts. I was going to say my favorite parts of this episode were just like Barry, because Barry's always like, I think Barry represents the audience a lot. Like he's us. Like he's the biggest fan of his own show. Like he's on this show. I feel like half the time, like Grant He's like, I can't believe I'm doing these things. Like, I can't believe I'm sitting in a room listening to Jesse L. Martin and Victor Garber singing. So, like, that part was one of my favorite parts when he just, like, turns around and is like, is no one geeking out with me? And, like, no one's behind him. And he's just like, oh, that's cool, whatever. Or, like, when they first start singing, the music my sister's singing, and he starts kind of dancing, and Carl's like, what are you doing? Like, those are just my favorite parts. Because I just know, you can just tell they were having such a good time, and they really, really love what they're doing, and it's just so fun to see.
2: Yeah, the only thing I will end on is that you know, I was looking at this from not, not just, um, you know, the tone of the of these shows this season. But also, you know, kind of... You know, the world is kind of a little bit of a dark place right now. So, you know, it was nice to just escape. I mean, this, that's why I love television. I escape into the world of television to get to enjoy things like this. I I think Amy said it a bit that this is actually one of my... You know, I mean, I've said, I say it so many times, you know, that, that that this is one of my strongest episodes or whatever. And so, but I think that this is... Without, for like, one of the best episodes of the whole DC TV franchise, to be honest. I, you know, if we don't get a musical crossover again, then I will I will share this epi- episode with all of my heart. If they do this again, please do, because I am so game for it. And I, I hope that moving forward for both Supergirl Season 2 and Flash Season 3, that... They're now out of their funk, and they're now ready to take on whatever threats are coming, you know, we're, you know, us in The Flash, you know, we're getting ready to see the the final showdown between whoever the hell is underneath the Savitar armor versus Barry, and then over oh, Supergirl, cool, Daxum family drama. Um, No, but, no, it's gonna be worth because Terry Hatcher is on the show, and I'm jealous, and that's gonna be awesome. Uh, damn it, Rebecca, you guys got so many, for, like, you got Linda Carter, Terry Hatcher, Brenda Strong. Man, like Super Bowl's been good to you guys this season. <laughs> Lots of awesome people. Yeah, it has. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do know that some of our East Coast pe- people have to take off because it's it's really late, and you know, but they're so kind, just like Kara, to sit up so late. So um, I believe Morgan and Carly, you guys have to take off. Yep. Yeah, I, I can hang around for a little bit. All right, cool, cool. Well, Maureen Carly, it was—it's always fun to have you guys on. Um, drive safely back to Earth 38, or is it? Fr- is it? A, is it in, wait, no, it's 38. It's her HR is from 1938.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: 38. I can't. I can't keep track anymore. Um. So, oh, Amy, you need to look look, look in the chat right now. Uh, I...
6: I know Andy. Mm-hmm. That's
2: so good. But guys, um, <laughs> I will I will add links to where people can find you on social media, so you guys can get some sleep. But thank you so much for joining us tonight, and we will speak to you soon.
4: Bye. 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 Bye.
2: And then there was one from Superhero Radio left. Uh, <laughs> okay. We wore th- we wore them all down. We wore them all down, and. Oh my! This is so much fun. So, okay, we're gonna start wrapping this up. So, we're gonna of course we're gonna get some feedback. Um, because my throat is starting to itch a little bit. Would some one of our hosts on air like to do the the tweets, or else I will pick one within two seconds.
7: Andrew, have fun with (laughs) them. Let me see these. All right, at Swara Sally, I hope. So, so great. Iris with mon was so hilarious. This should be an annual thing. Also, hashtag West Allen forever. I think you're going to get your wish. Uh, maybe they'll only have them break up like three or four more times. Uh, at Cody Tensei or Tensei, this was a great episode. The ending made me burst into tears alongside Iris. Did any of you guys cry at that?
2: What? Well, I didn't use any tissues.
7: <laughs> no? <laughs> I a lot. Uh... At T-Web Bond, the best episode ever. It was amazing, great singing, songs, acting, dancing, dialogue. I could have done with more dancing. I'll just say that, personally. And then I wanted I, all of it to be dancing. I agree. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just don't ever stand still. At Sam Jitsu, <laughs> it was absolutely amazing. Their voices were mesmerizing. To mend those relationships was great. I'm very happy that you wanted that. At Darth Tour? meh, nah, it was all right. But let's get back to Savitar. No,
2: I'm also,
7: not. hashtag Savitar <laughs> looks really powerful on Twitter. <laughs> uh, at Christy Haley, I think the ending was the best, but hearing all those songs, got to purchase all of them. Those are all on iTunes now, right?
2: Yes. Yeah, they are.
7: Okay. Mm-hmm. At Breeze Riley, the episode was incredible, and I'm 100% on board with making this an annual thing. Uh, at Patricia Low thirteen, the musical episode was a lot of fun. Kara and Barry's super friends number was too short. I also agree. I want more. Melissa singing Moon River. Uh, what what is the name of this emoji with hearts for eyes?
3: Heart eye emoji. Yeah, I just
7: heart call eye? it the heart eyes. Heart mm-hmm. okay. eyes. Uh, sheep's eye. Would have been funny if Kara sang "My Huckleberry Friend" when she saw Barry. Did she not?
3: Isn't that she? Thought- she basically did, but it's I think I think it's B E R R Y.
7: Yeah, we wanted it more Maybe of like a break, like a Huckleberry, like that. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. That would have been. Right. You know,
7: what? yeah. I just did it right now, and I think I really nailed that. So there you go, Patricia. You did uh, at the Devil Jackie musical aspect was amazing and fun. Plot was weak and rushed. Should have been a two-parter, uh, a true two-parter. That would have – I mean, I, yes. Uh, can, I, of Mon-El. Can, okay.
0: I, can I chime in a little bit? That's one of my beefs with Supergirls in the crossovers yeah. is that, like, they, we'll, right, we'll right, give right. you ten seconds at the end of a Supergirl well, ex- for a crossover. We finally got an explanation <laughs> why that
2: was the case because um... – Oh, what's it called? Because Supergirl doesn't have dark.
3: They days. don't have the dark days. Yeah. Uh, built in.
2: Although they have Manela, I guess you can say dark days. But it they don't <laughs> have, like production wise, like they can't just you know they don't have it the same way Aaron and Flash does it. But for next season, they're you know they're working on setting up pro- like so you know you're gonna get like basically you know anytime there's a crossover with Supergirl, it will be like a full on crossover. It won't just be two minutes, see Nick next- tomorrow night. Um. So, I agree with Keith. It's you know it that has been really been one of the frustrating parts with. These first sets of crossovers, but what can you do?
7: Yeah. Uh <laughs> at Potter Fan 92, the episode was okay. I just don't like caramel at all. Uh it was insulting that they would even compare them to West Allen. Okay, so you had your grievances heard here. I also really hate the term caramel because Mel doesn't occur in his name.
2: I don't, I don't. Like I hate it. that. When Rebecca and the girls, were told me about it, I'm like, it doesn't even make sense. And they're like, well, that's what they're calling, and I'm like, I, I, I give up on. Shit. That's what the kids call them.
7: Yeah. No. As, as a, as much of a fan as wordplay as I am, I cannot abide that uh, portmanteau there. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I can MT- call them gargamel though. <laughs> I please do. <laughs> uh, at Mt. Easton, this was just the thing we needed right now. Agreed. Singing, dancing, friendship, teamwork, all around, and mending broken hearts. Uh, at madtown davidson i'm a little shocked that Karen might already be back with monel but the episode as a whole was very cute and i think that is the perfect word for this episode actually is cute
2: agreed and that's gonna wrap up our feedback for well for this crossover so guys thank you so much for tweeting in and thank you for having this thing around for so long i i apologize again for the technical issues but you know hopefully this was all worth it and um I, I, I think I can speak for all of us that this was, I mean, does this crossover beat the Invasion one by any chance? <laughs>
0: I take that as a... By, yeah. For me, personally, by a mile.
6: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I... I, I, I don't
0: know. I, I loved
5: seeing all of them together. Like, this one was good, but I don't know. I, I really liked the four-part It crossover. was Missing Sarah
2: yeah well, and, it,
5: everything's and, always and, missing
2: Sarah <laughs> I was really hoping for Rip to get to reunite with Carlos Valdez because they you know they did once together it was there's a, this awesome cute photo of them um when Carl's used had like short hair and so on so I so we know we know Rip Hunter can sing too um and I wanted to see
5: Wynn and um, Cisco interact IRL, like they didn't they interacted yeah. to, like their yeah, their nineteen forties like... counterparts, but like they need tech bro like geek out for real. I hated like, that. Like they need to have a geek off where they're just dropping <laughs> references to see who's smarter and like all that stuff. Like I need
2: that so bad. I hated that with the last episode of Super Bowl that they were teased. They teased it. They teased yeah. so much. I'm like, you know, like I'm gonna, Ugh. I wanna like I wanna punch Manuel so hard just because I'm so angry about how, when saying that. Oh my god, I'm, so, <laughs> I'm a horrible person. Um, so we're going to start wrapping up now because it's it's late as F. But um, I'm going to add all the plugs to all of us in the, the show notes because we're like six people, so plugs will take forever. Uh, but I want to thank all of our hosts tonight for... Uh, I, this is what I love with this network, that we get to do crossovers like this. So despite the late hours and, you know... The diva that is me, I'm I'm glad that we get to do this these things and that the, so many listeners always. You know, I think I feel we're getting more and more listeners every time on the live shows. So, so thank you to the listeners for sticking around for so long. I think it's an amazing host for your awesomeness, and I'm glad you had so much fun with it. And um,
7: thank you, Arrow, for not being here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm oh. Just kidding, just kidding, just jokes, just jokes. <laughs> It was <laughs> can I do? Can I?
0: Can I do one quick shout out for for my my? I know you said you're going to put plugs later, but I just wanted to. My DC TV class was an unofficial musical cro- part of the musical crossover because we had uh, StarKid Productions on uh, talking about Holy Musical Batman, uh, which uh, and for those of you who are unaware of who StarKid is, their connection to this particular crossover is that Darren Chris was one of the founding members star kid, and they put on these parody musicals like a very potter musical holy batman musical so we had the guys from that on dctv classics talking about darren talking about the musical so that's yeah. that's our contribution to the cut co- to the crossover tonight so check that out Yes. And
3: if you would like to learn more about the Music Meister and hear Keith talk about uh the musical talent on the DC TV shows, you can check out the Bariyaki episode of Supergirl Radio cuz that's it's kind of where it started for us.
2: <laughs> I, lo- I still love the term Bariyaki. Karaoke. Karaoke. Ca- <laughs> there we go. Uh well guys, we're going um we're going to sign off here but so yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna wrap here. Guys, thank you so much for listening and yeah, Supergirl Radio great. you guys are gonna have a separate discussion on Starcrust, episode sixteen, uh, later this week, I right. believe.
3: Mm-hmm. Awesome.
2: And this episode will be available on both Supergirl Radio iTunes feed as well as the Flash Podcast one. So if for those who wasn't able to listen to it, you will get you can relieve it all over again as as early as Wednesday morning. So thank you guys so much for listening and from all of us here on the Flash Podcast and Cypical Radio We will see you next time On the Airways Have a good night Goodbye Bye Bye